0: Lord Jesus Christ, as we turn to our Bibles. God bless you, musicians. Amen. Matthew 19. We travel very well to Nelsprate. We appreciate believers that were able to make it to that site and support the believers in Nelsprate. Amen. We appreciate everything that you have done. Amen. Matthew 19 is the chapter. The verse is verse 3. If found, can we read it together? It says, The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him, and saying unto him, Amen. I believe we are coming for he, to him for blessings, not to tempt him this morning. Amen. Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause?
1: There
0: were marital issues yeah? And he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read, ye not read that, he that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female, For and said, For this cause shall a man live father and mother, and shall live to his wife, and shall
1: live to
0: And the twin shall be one flesh.
1: flesh.
0: Wherefore, they are no more twin, twin, but one flesh. flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not men put asunder. They say unto him, why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? Why did Moses then command to give a writing
1: of divorcement and to put her away?
0: They thought that they are bringing Moses into the picture, and they thought that he was going to say, uh, Moses was wrong to do this. God will never disown his prophets. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Hear what he says. He doesn't say ah that one is an issue between you and Moses. Me, I was not involved. No. He says he saith unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart. He said unto them,
1: Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts.
0: Wasn't Moses wrong? Wasn't Moses wrong? No, he was wrong. Because he says, he that made them in the beginning made them male and female, then Moses comes to give the letter of divorcement. But despite Moses having done that, God does not disown Moses. I'd rather stay with a prophet that is wrong than to be with somebody that claims to be right, because God will never disown his prophet. <laughs> Where were we? Is it verse 8 or we are on 9? He saith unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, suffered you to put away your wives. But you see, but, but from the beginning it was not so. <laughs> yes, we can read it. Let's read verse 9. And I say unto you, you whosoever shall put his wife, Whosoever shall put away his wife, wife, except it be for fornication, fornication, and marry another, another, committeth committeth adultery. And whoso marrieth her which is put away, doth commit adultery. his disciples say unto him, him, if the case of the man be so with his wife,
1: wife,
0: it is not good to marry.
1: marry."
0: Marriage is not for cowards. (laughs) Verse 11, "But But he said unto them, all men cannot receive this saying, Save they, to whom it is given. save they to whom it is given. The doctrine of marriage and divorce cannot be received by all men Amen. except to those that it has been given. Amen. For there are some enochs which were which were, so born from their mother's womb. which were so born
1: from
0: their mother's womb. And there are some enochs which were made eunuchs of men and they be eunuchs which have been made to themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake
1: which have made themselves
0: for the kingdom of heaven's he that is able to receive him, receive it, him receive he
1: that is able to receive it let him
0: receive it are you with me? Uh, don't just see. there are some Enochs like the Roman system has got Enochs that have been made enochs by men. And there are some Enochs that are enochs from their mother's womb. I've not met these ones but the Bible says they are there. And there are Enochs that have been made enochs because of the kingdom of God. Let's bow his gracious Heavenly Father. We appreciate you this morning for your grace and mercy. So that, Lord, as we are going to fellowship around the weight, we depend solemnly on Thy inspiration. I pray for every believer in the building, those that have needs, may You grant them their heart's desire. As I stand here reporting for duty, undertake for us, dear God, as we commit everything to You, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. As you take your seats, I said Moses gave them the letter of divorcement, but Jesus did not preserve that. He said from the beginning it was not so. Amen. Now, when Moses God instructed Moses to strike the rock once he struck the rock twice again Moses was wrong to strike the rock twice it should have been once but because the striking of the rock symbolizes the cross and Moses had now struck twice instead of once God could not disown the prophet that is why In 1963, a prophet comes, he says, I indict this generation for the second crucifixion of Christ, which shows that God could not disown Moses. What Moses did, God had to put a type to it that it was stricken twice, and the Lord Jesus Christ will be stricken twice. Amen. God will never disown his prophet. If you think the prophet is wrong, stay with the prophet's wrong. Yes. Amen. 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 You know why a lot of people struggle with an amen there? They think a prophet was a good preacher. Uh, just a very good American preacher that was popular during his time. He was not a good preacher. He was a prophet to the same rank as Moses, Elijah, yes, and the rest of the prophet. Yes. Amen. amen. When you... Listen to American ministers, somewhere you can debate and say, but I don't feel it this way, I don't think it should be this way, but the prophet comes with, thou says the Lord, he doesn't care what you think. He comes, he delivers, thou says the Lord, and thou says the Lord can never be debated. You accept it, it's life, you reject it, it's death. Amen. How many believe William Branham was the prophet sent from, not a preacher? A prophet sent from God. Amen. Amen. I want to make a distinction there because uh, a preachers, after the service, if I've preached something, you can come to my office, we can debate it the whole night. But uh, when the prophet has delivered, thou says the Lord, there is no room for debate. Amen. 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 Now, I want to dwell on marriage and divorce this morning. That's what we would want to look at. Certain subjects from time to time, we have to revisit them, especially for those that... Uh, you have turned down my monitor. It was fine, brothers. Amen. Especially for those that come on the way and for those that have long been on the way and forgotten certain things, Let's remind them, marriage and divorce is becoming a rare subject in most message churches today uh, because pastors entangled themselves in uh, the mess of people in the pews. Amen. Amen. So, a pastor is afraid to preach marriage and divorce because he has officiated the third marriage of the man sitting in the front, so he doesn't know what to say. Amen. 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 But... uh, thank God there will be ministers that will never be silenced. Amen. 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 Uh, they will never be silenced by money or popularity or women. They will remain on the course. Amen. 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 Now, brother, bring, bring Malachi 2 verse 16. Bring it in an amplified version so that it's going to be a Bible study this morning. You if you don't mind, let's read it together. For the law for the Lord the God of Israel, says, for the Lord, the Lord of Israel says, I hate divorce and marital separation and him who covers his garment with violence. God hates a divorce. God hates a separation. God hates a violent violence against your wife. Is that, a, is that a scripture there? Yes, sir. Therefore, keep a watch upon your spirit that. It may be controlled by my spirit. Amen. I managed to go and change my spectacles. Normally, where it is light, I used to not to see. But now, I was once blind, but now I see. Amen. 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 Now, a spirit can be controlled by the spirit. You see, when you become violent, you have lost control of your... And how do you regain control of your spirit? How do, you control, how do you regain control of your spirit, folks? It has to be controlled by his spirit. His spirit controls your spirit. Your spirit, when it is uncontrolled, you can really say some vile things. You can, even, uh, you can even inflict a wound on somebody. Yeah. Uh, let's put it this way. If a believer says, look, I'm a believer, but I'm not a fool, I'm going to deal with you. Just know that the Holy Ghost is no longer in control. Yeah. Yeah. And let me just put it directly, that person may not be having the Holy Ghost. Because yeah. the Holy Ghost does not have a time where you get into an emotional outburst and he says, Now it's your own endeavor. I will meet you on the other side of the emotional outburst. No, the Holy Ghost is in charge of the believer all times. Even when we are angry, the Holy Ghost takes control. Are you still with me? That you, you deal not treacherously and faithlessly with your marriage mate. The, the whole the spiritual control that you don't behave treacherously and faithlessly. Amen. Amen. Do we agree God hates a divorce? Yes, sir. Why does God hate a divorce? Because it is anti-type. When God marries the church, he marries the church eternally. Yes. And that is why Paul says, when I speak about a man and a woman, I speak about Christ and the church. If if Christ will never leave the church, husbands should never leave their wives. For whatever reason, but we'll get into that. Amen. Amen. Brother Brennan, in the message, the invisible union of the bride, he says marriage, paragraph 74, he says marriage is the oldest institution in the world. Marriage was first performed, was performed first and instituted by, uh, in the Garden of Eden. So marriage is the oldest institution in the world. Do you see it? And marriage was uh, performed first and instituted in the Garden of Eden by God himself. Amen. Are you still with me? Amen. Marriage comes from God. Amen. Marriage was designed by God. Amen. Parameters of marriage were set by God. Anything that was said by God cannot be changed by a man. Uh, if God says something, a man has to adhere to what God has spoken. Yeah, when God speaks, there is no but we accept it as it is. Are you still with me? Now, in the message, the King's man redeemer, paragraph 47, King's Man Redeemer. Paragraph 47, as I built my foundation this morning, King's Man Redeemer, paragraph 47. He says, When a man loves a woman and marries her because she is just pretty, there will be an end to that. Amen. 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 Uh, you young ones, you may not know a woman can be so beautiful on, outside and so be ugly on the inside. The outside ugliness can be bearable, uh, but the inside one is not bearable. Uh, are you still with me? we rather have a woman that people deem not to be attractive, but inside is a godly character, than to have a woman that everybody says is a trophy wife, she's beautiful, but you are the one that knows that you don't sleep at night. Amen. A good woman comes from the Lord. A good husband comes from the Lord. Even the same thing goes for brothers. And brother can be looking very impeccable, absolutely progressive in nature, but be a very horrible husband. So that is why don't depend on what you see. Depend as you are led by the Lord. A believer doesn't do anything before they consult with God before I do this, what does God say about this matter? If God says yea, then it is yea. If God says nay, then it is nay. But God must be at the center point of every believer. God is not an emergency God. Hallelujah. We treat him like an emergency, but it's not an emergency God. He's a God even when you are planning. It is a God even when you are deciding. He is God even when you are in trouble. But don't plan travel and seek God when you are in trouble. Yes. See God before the trouble and say, God, irrespective of what is happening, I need the will of the Lord. Yes. If God tells you to do it, he will take care of it. Yes. But if you do it on your own, it will bring pain to you. Right. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. Now, he says, when, a man, marries, uh, when a, a man loves a woman and marries her because she's pretty... There will be an end to that But when a man finds a woman that he loves And uh, don't know why But he loves her And she finds a man that she loves No matter what he looks like He loves her She loves him That's an eternal mate in glory Are you still with me? God's genuine marriages are preplanned. Amen. God knows who you are going to marry. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. God knows who you are going to get married to before you even came into time. Yes. God had a partner for you from eternity. Amen. Before Facebook, God has got a partner. Amen. Before Twitter, before social media, God has got a partner. Amen. A real partner, you don't get them from social network. You, talk, you get them from a spiritual, social, a spiritual network, a supernatural network, which is the channel of the Holy Ghost. Are uh, you still with me? Amen. There is what in social media cycles they call catfishing. Catfishing is when somebody pretends to be somebody that they are not. Somebody can just take a, a picture of somebody from somewhere and load it as their profile picture and pretend to be that individual and have a name that is not their own and interact with you. And the day you say we meet is not the picture that you saw there. You have been catfished. I know young people, you see, I'm very knowledgeable about this thing. Now, even the devil can catfish you and bring a character that is not a genuine son of God. But he speaks the quotations. Hallelujah. Amen. The serpent quoted the scripture. Yes. And even a wrong person can quote the scripture. You're not looking for quotations. You are looking for a genuine material of God. Amen. It has to be revealed to you by God himself that this is the right one. This is the wrong one. Amen. Are you still with me?
1: Amen.
0: Now, there are, the Bible is littered with good marriages and bad marriages. Let me go first through the marriage because the entire Bible, as I have said, it is a marriage book. It opens with marriage. In the middle of the Bible, there comes a marriage. At the end of the Bible, there comes a marriage. It was Adam and Eve. It was Mary and Joseph. And at the end time, it's Jesus Christ and the bride. It opens with marriage. It closes with marriage. It is a, a marital book because the Bible, it's a love letter. Amen. So when the prophet says, when a man loves a woman, Uh, And doesn't know why you must know that even Christ loves you, but he doesn't know why.
1: Uh,
0: Are you still you love him? You don't know why. If you love him because he gives you money, uh, that's not love. You've got not to have a reason why you love him because when you don't have a reason, no reason will be challenged because there is no reason to love him. Are you still with me now? Certain marriages, especially in the Old Testament. You look at Adam and Eve, what we learn from their marriage is the redemption. And we have spoken many times in this church how Eve fell into sin, but Adam never disowned Eve, and he followed Eve into that mess because it was a process of the natural redemption, because a real marriage is the redemption. Uh, a real marriage is the redemption. Amen. Yes, as much as a brother redeems the sister, the sister redeems the brother. Uh, Had she not come along the way, another frog may have come along the way and may have destroyed your life. So each one of you, you have saved each other. Are you still with me? Adam and Eve, it shows us redemption. Abraham and Sarah, they show us about waiting upon the Lord, waiting together in the Lord. They waited for a child. Uh, When a marriage is childless, we wait upon the Lord. You don't go outside exploring whether can I have a child or not have a child. Marriage is not children. There is a higher reason for marriage than children. Now Abraham and Sarah, they waited together. Then we look at Isaac and Rebecca. how God can make a perfect match. Rebecca had never seen Isaac before. Isaac had never seen Rebecca before. But when they met, it was love at first sight because why? God had designed them. It was God that brought them together. Amen. 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 Some people say, I need to know her, I need to know him. My desire is that let the Lord know them better. Uh, because if you try to know them, they can mislead you, but God will know them better. Then we look at the marriage of Jacob and Rachel. It tells us how love can be enduring, endurance. We know how Jacob loved Rachel and worked for seven years. And later, he realized that he had been duped by Laban. And later, he had to work another seven years for Rachel because he loved Rachel. Amen. Amen. Are you still with me? Then you look at Boaz and Ruth it shows us that faithfulness can be rewarded. How Ruth left her own people and left her own gods and said to Naomi, your God shall be my God. Your people shall be my people. Where you will be buried, I will be buried. And we see how through redemption, Ruth was incorporated into the lineage of Israel and became a wife to Boaz. Faithfulness being rewarded. Hallelujah. Then we look at uh, Elkanah and Hannah. Again, it was another childless marriage, but we look at how they both dealt with the disappointment. It was not only shouldered by uh, Hannah only, but the husband was part of that. So it tells us how you deal with disappointment. Are you still with me? Yeah. Then we look at David and Abigail. The Bible, when it describes Abigail, it says she was a, a beautiful woman of good standing and wise. How did she become wise? We know the background that before she got married to David, she was married to a man called uh, uh, Nabal. And Nabal, what happened is that the, the uh, uh, Nabal was a very rich man. He had run about 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats. And they were somewhere sharing those sheep. And as they were there, David and his men protected them. But later, he sent the message to Nabal that we are coming. Uh, Just be gracious to us. The man was quite rude to them until Abigail intervened, which showed that Abigail was a wise woman. We look at the marriage of Hosiah and Goma. This is the marriage that even sends shivers down my spine because God raises Hosiah and says, You go and marry Goma. And when you look at Goma, Goma was a prostitute. Amen. Uh, Don't try it. This was the Lord. Now, after it happened like that, God was trying to show unconditional love. I I think all of us were caught up in high lottery before we came into the message. Then you look at the the King Zaxos and Esther. It shows what marriage can do through courageous influence. And again, you've got bad marriages. You look at Potiphar and his wife. Uh, Here, brothers, look at it. Potiphar was the second man in charge in Israel. But at home, he had neglected his wife. Hallelujah. Can I have an amen there? You know, Brother Brenham says in the message, standing in the gap, Brother Bram says, I would prefer to stay in the wilderness and be like the old time, uh, Old Testament prophets. The God says to him, He says, if you do that, your wife will leave you. He says, You are not an Old Testament prophet. He says, You are a modern prophet. Are you still with me? I hope we are together here. Now, Nabal and Abigail, we've shown how Abigail intervened for a difficult spouse. You look at Samson and and Delilah. Samson was driven by lust. You look at Ahab and Jezebel, a marriage that lacked spiritual uh, connection. Amen. Amen. Then, brother, bring marriage and divorce. I was just giving a background of those marriages. Let's get into the meaty stuff. Brother Brandon, Marriage and Divorce, paragraph 66 Before I reach here, let me just give a background There are some silly doctrines That are being bended about in the message of the hour Some say If a brother is married to, to a sister And a sister backslides That means she's dead in the Lord Then the brother can remarry That's a doctrine from hell are you, are you with me? Yes. Because you see, Brother Brenham says a make believer always hangs around to look for a loophole. Those doctrines are being, uh, are, are being brought up by people that are looking for lo- loopholes. The Bible says, until death do us apart, it refers to a literal death. Yes. Not when she backslides, because when she backslides, she can be reconciled to the Lord. And if she gets reconciled to the Lord and her pastor has already moved and married a brother to somebody else, it is a messy situation. Let's go back to what the prophet taught us. Marriage and divorce, paragraph 66, he says, Now, if that be so, we have two schools of thought on marriage and divorce not three schools of thought, not four schools of thought, not one school of thought. Brother Brenham says we've got two schools of thought. So that means Brother Brenham around marriage, he clustered whatever the people's take on marriage, he clustered them into two. And he says, if that be so, we have two schools of thought on marriage and That is one of them says that, this is one school of thought, it says, a man can only be remarried once unless his wife is dead. That's a school of thought. You are not allowed to get married until she's dead. That's a school of thought. And Brother Brenham says, a man can only be married once unless his wife is dead. That's one of the questions But you go, you go to following that, you go overboard. Am I quoting quoting the prophet verbatim there? Hallelujah! Now, then it says. Then the next says, "Oh, if the wife or the husband or either one has committed adultery." either one of them can be put away and merit again. You find yourself overbought with that. So, Brother Bram comes, he presents the two school of thoughts. Are you still here with me? Yes. I know this is not a lovely subject, but uh, I have to teach it. Yes. Because the Bible says, "Teach that uh, let, know the truth, and no truth will set you free. Yes. Amen. Now, he says, paragraph 67, you see is neither southeast or northeast. We want directly east. You, run, you would run out of scripture when you go this way. You run out of scripture when you go that way. That means the school of thought that says, you are married until death do you apart. The only time that a man can be remarried is only when the partner is dead. He says, when you go only with that, it takes you overboard. And this one, I know it is our favorite as message believers. But I, these things, we've got to teach them, especially to our young ones to avoid certain mistakes. You'll see why the prophet speaks in that way. Then he says, we want to know where scripture meets scripture. Know what, what is the truth of each. Each takes a different way and fail to bring up the correct answer. But there still must be an answer. Now, he says, it is neither of the two. Both school of thoughts, Brother Brennan, doesn't take sides with them. He says, yes, both are right to a certain extent. But he says, there is a middle of the road. He says, we've got to come where Scripture meets the Scripture, where we know the truth. Are we together? He says, if we take one side then we will not be able to bring up a correct answer. But there still must be an answer. And in this service, we want to provide that answer. Are you still with me? Bring Romans 7, the scripture from verse 1. That's 6, not 7. Let's read it together. Know ye not, know ye not brethren, brethren for, I the for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. For the, the so For the woman which has an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he live But if the husband be dead husband she's loosed from the law of her husband Even if you tell her that if I die, don't get married, when you are dead, she moves on. Uh, That's the scripture. Are are you still with me? Now, here, if you get the revelation of marriage and divorce, you will understand why some people even battle on the Christian gene. It says if the husband is still alive, you are bound to the law of that husband. But when the husband is dead, then you are free to marry, marry. Not when you are separated. When, when the husband is? Are you still with me? Amen. Spiritually speaking, Brother Branham comes in your message, The Invisible Union of the Bride. He says you are not allowed to get married to Christ until your first husband, the devil, is dead. Yes. Not separated because separation, it tells us that there will be a reconciliation. And Christ will never marry somebody that is still married. Yes. If the partner, if Satan, is, you've got to make sure he's dead. Yes. You've got to make sure a tombstone is erected. Yes. You've got to make sure he's resting not in peace. Yes. But later then you are able to marry Christ. Yes. The danger if you attempt to marry Christ while the former husband is alive... As you move along later on, you may be reconciled back to the first husband, in this case, Satan. Are you still with me? Bring verse 3. So then, if while her husband liveth. I wish we could all read together because we believe the scriptures. So, if while her husband liveth, so if while her husband liveth she, be man, she be married to another man, she shall be, the world will call her that she has moved on. But the Bible says she's an adulteress. Same with the man. If their wife is still alive and he marries her again, he's an adulterer. Hallelujah! This is some of the wedding that is beginning to leave pulpits. But if a husband be dead, dead, she is free from that law, law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Amen. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 1. There's somewhere where we are going. Now, Paul says, Now concerning the things whereof he wrote unto me. Wrote unto me. Uh, Paul had a question and answer session where they wrote letters to him. A bulk of them was based on marriage. He says, now concerning the things which you were of, you wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. woman. Then William Brenham comes in the end time. He says, because Paul was during a partial realization, William Brenham comes during a full realization. He says, the best thing that God can give to a man outside salvation is a good wife. And a lot of times, Paul in a certain thing says, those that are not married, I wish that they could be like me and save the Lord. William Brenham comes in the end time. He says, I wish every young man and every young man in the building could get married to a wife like mine. William Brenham comes, he says, it will be better to marry while you are still younger. I, I, I don't know. Do you see things have changed? That means William Branham could have never spoken in this manner unless he knows that we've got a power that will be able to sustain us in our marriages. I I don't say Paul doubted, but I feel that Paul was very jittery about marriage. That's why there's a lot of debate whether he was married or not married, but William Branham was married. Verse 2. Nevertheless, To avoid fornication, fornication. there is adultery. There is fornication. Fornication. uh, Do you allow me to preach this? this When two married people, when two married, when people are married, and one, one partner goes out of the marriage and has sexual relations. Maybe with a girl that is not married. He that is married has committed adultery. Amen. But he that is not married has committed fornication. Exactly. If two young people engage in sexual relations before their marriage is brought before the altar, it is fornication. Yes. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. Now, let's put it this way. Brother Brown, say we've got two school of thoughts. One school of thought is that when you are married, you are not allowed to remarry until your partner is gone home. And brother would say, if you take that and you leave it like that, you' are going to go overboard." Then it says, on the other side, others say, if either of them commit adultery, then they are free to marry. Let me put it this way: adultery is not the grounds for remarriage. I'll repeat. Adultery is not a ground for remarriage. Amen. But fornication is a ground for remarriage. Yes. Now we're gonna get into we're gonna split some hairs. Yes. Are you still with me? Yes. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife. Yes. Uh, this one you're gonna read with me. Let every, man have his own wife. Let every man have his own wife. Not wives. Wife. There's no pluralization there. It's singular. Wife. Jesus Christ does not have wives. He's got a wife. Now, these people that have come with a twisted theory of polygamy, they say we are like Solomon. Goodness, I wish you had the wisdom of Solomon. But here is the problem. They say Solomon was married to many wives. But William Branham in the Old Testament, he says it symbolized many members. Hallelujah. Many members of the bride body. We are many, but we are one. Jesus is not looking at us as individual. He is looking at us as the church. So you cannot say you are like Solomon. That is tie. He, and if you've got a problem, let's take you to the prototype right at the beginning. He that made them made them, made them male and female. Amen. One rib, not many ribs. Yes. Let every woman have her own. Ah, you this one you I will never move until you read it. <laughs> Let every man have his own. Not boyfriend. Yeah? It says what? Let every woman have her own. So the Bible only addresses a husband and a wife. Boyfriend is a flight risk. You can jump at any time. That is why in this church, I always to say young people. Any interaction between a brother and a sister gives me a visibility as a pastor. You know, me, I'm going to say it. Young people are leaving the message. And most of them, they are coming with reasons, millions of reasons why I cannot be in the message. This and that, this and that. But at the core of it, if you really scratch the surface, you will find that they were in relationships with boys in the church. Boys never honored their commitment. So they live because of a heartbreak, because of a relationship that the pastor, the elders, never knew about it. Let me put it this way. If you are a young boy, and you approach a young girl, and you are in a relationship, the parents don't know, the pastor doesn't know, the deacons don't know, when he dumps you, what is going to happen? Who who are you going to cry to? You can't tell your parents they don't know. You can't tell the pastor he doesn't know. You can't tell the elders they don't know. We will just you say, no, oh, the message is not progressive. No, it's because you ain't seen. Yes. Come on, I'm preaching here, folks. Yes. A lot of times we are addressing reasons that are not real reasons why people leave church. Yes. It's just a smoke screen. I hope we are together. I want to allow me to preach. Let's come to what William Brenham says in the message, The Invisible Union of the Bride of Christ, paragraph 83. Brother Brenham says, I want to name three things. Psychologists have discovered before I read this, they have discovered, it's a study that they have done, pros, promiscuity, promiscuity is when you run around with boys and when you run around with girls. They have discovered that promiscuity is, is, is contributing to mental illness. I think we have got Brother Waltist helping with the youth sister and his wife sister Sandy the reason we have made those resources are available to young people is to have an avenue to have somebody that you can talk to other than the pastor because when I speak to a young person I carry the title of the pastor and it becomes weighty sometimes but sometimes you would want to sit down with somebody that you deem for a lack of a better way, a pal, where you can share with them and say look maybe I've waited for a number of years, things are not happening, I would wish to get married, or I've got this frustration. So that is why people like Brother Ed, they came up, I think some churches have got what they call youth counselors, and here we've got them as well. Amen. Now, let me put it this way. And we've got to teach our young children to understand this. Boys... without the Holy Ghost. brother, says, you take, a man, you take the Holy Ghost out of a man, he sings that lower than an animal. An animal does not have feelings. An animal does not have emotions. An animal does not pause to consider that I have done this. What is the impact of my consequences? An animal moves on. That's an animal. So, when a man is without the Holy Ghost, he's like that. A man without the Holy Ghost can sleep with many women absolutely with no regret, with no shame. He's an animal. He does not have the Holy Ghost. But when a man has got the Holy Ghost, he knows that it must only be one wife. Are you still with me? Now, here is a danger. And allow me to preach because... Your children, if we don't preach in church, school system is trying to Amen. take our position, and they are messing up young minds. A, a, a sane woman, I'm preaching now as a pastor. Amen. A sane woman, no woman would ever have any engagement with any man unless there are emotions attached. But a man without the Holy Ghost, can have an attachment to anything that works and not even have any emotions. What destroyed things in the Garden of Eden, it was sex. What is destroying things in the end time, it's sex. The attitude of men towards sex is different from the women. A man can engage in sex with anything that walks on two feet. Whether he loves it or he doesn't love it, it doesn't matter. But no woman that is sane can engage in that unless there are emotions. I'm preaching here. Now, why am I saying proscenity contributes to mental illness? Boys, they think they've got the luxury they can ruin the morals of this girl and jump to another girl. And ruin the morals of this girl and jump to another. But a woman has got no choice of saying, I've done here, I'm going there. Because she's being approached, she doesn't approach. Don't worry. Even if you say, let us amen, we are going to get into this. It will be done. Brother Ron says, and I want to, sh- to show why there is a correlation between proscumity and mental illness. I think psychologists got it right today. Paragraph 83 says, I want to name three things here that she, this now on the woman, she must not get away from. Now I'm speaking, keep the church in mind while I'm speaking this to the natural woman. As Paul in here in the 7th chapter of Romans Paragraph eight. She has a sacred trust of virtue committed to her by her Lord. A certain virtue. Nothing else holds it but a woman. The right, the right, that's committed to her by God. She must not virtue here, he refers to virginity. The Zulu kingdom every year they've got what they call virginity testing. When Brother Branham came here in 1953 and 50, they told him what they were doing traditionally. Brother Branham, when he went to America, because I don't know who told him, he says, if they find that a woman is not a virgin, they will stone her to death. And when Brother Branham left for America, he says, if we were to do that in America, there will be so many dead people. Amen. Amen. She must not defi- defile that virtue if she even does something wrong, she must confess that to her husband before he takes her. Amen. What does it mean? I'm not going to speak in parables. I'm going to hit it as it is. Amen. The only person that must take a, vi- a, a young lady's virginity must be her husband in marriage. Amen. Do you still believe the message that I'm preaching here? The best gift that and, uh, as much as we speak about young men, young girls, we have got to speak about young men as well. Amen. A young man must preserve himself until marriage. Amen. Things that must be learned about marriage must be learned in marriage no experimentation it must be in marriage young men must live a pure life young woman must live a pure life and when they are in marriage then they will make sure that the marriage bed is not defiled yeah. if she even does something wrong she must confess that to her husband before he takes it and make it right The same as the church that was married to the law has to come also before Christ, before the second marriage. She has to confess that. If she doesn't, this one you're going to read with me. She has to confess that. that. If If she doesn't, and she lives with her husband for 10 years. and then confess it and then confess it he has a right he has the right to put, to put it away Brother, take it up to put it away to put it away and marry another one and marry another one that's the scripture, that's the scripture. fornication is unclean living fornication is unclean living we came to the marriage altar The pastor has pronounced, will you take this man to be your lawful wedded husband? Will you take this woman to be your your lawful wedded wife? In sickness and riches, they go and live for 10 years in marriage together. They've done many anniversaries. And after so many anniversaries, one night maybe she she buckles up under pressure and says, Honey, look, there is something that I should have told you, but I never told you. Before you married me, this is what happened. I never told you about it, brother. Brenham says scripturally. Amen. Yes, am I reading a scripture here? Yeah? Yes. That is why. If you, that is why. Certain things. If people get married and there is a confession that has got to be done, the pastor must be there. Why is the pastor there? So that it must not be your weight against her weight. That 10 years later when he comes and he wants to pull this quotation, the pastor can say, wait a minute, but it was confessed. And you said you don't have a problem with it. And if you never had a problem with it 10 years ago, you must never have a problem with it now. If you have forgiven somebody for things that they've done before marriage, never bring them up in marriage. Yes. Yes, okay, maybe some people, they look at this quotation and be harsh. Let me redeem myself as a pastor. When he discovers and he says, I'm putting you away, as a pastor, reasonably I will try and say, don't you forgive her? Try to forgive him. But if he sticks to it, he's not wrong. Brothers, is it me speaking or is it the prophet speaking? Is it a heart saying? You are enjoying when the disciples say, if the matter of a husband and wife is like this, then it is good good for a man not to marry. Now do you see that there are certain things there? That is why before people get married, we need honesty. Honesty before God and honesty before your partner. Full disclosure of everything. Yes. Anything that you do as a young person, it will going to catch up with you. You have to stay, stay, stay it before somebody. Because when you conceal it and don't tell them, and they discover years later what is happening, that marriage is based on a false vow. Yes. Brother Bram will say it was not done in good faith. I'm glad, brothers, in the front. They say that's right. Amen. Paragraph eighty-six. Joseph, fear not to take unto thee Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. What was David saying? Your Joseph doing? Joseph was engaged. And after he was engaged, then he discovered that my wife is now pregnant. And according to the way he know, because Brother Brunman said, he was a righteous man. And by the way, he was an elder. I think Brother Brunman speaks about how Joseph was it above 14. Eh? And he says, actually, he was a widow. Mary was the second wife. Go ahead and check it. Now, <laughs> this elder, while he's preparing for marriage, living clean. Then this matter rises up that Mary is pregnant. Then David was thinking that, let me put her away. The Bible says it was not a girlfriend. Mary was already a wife even though they were not married, but potentially Mary was the wife because a vow had already been taken. What, say, what marries you is not the pastor. What marries you is the vow. I wonder how many vows are being made in message circles over WhatsApp. I wonder how many marriage vows are being broken right on WhatsApp. WhatsApp is of the David. Yeah, that platform is a very dangerous platform for our young people. Another young man wanted to challenge me on a doctrinal issue. I say, said, Pastor, is not from this church. The same evening, then he sent me a picture of his girlfriend. Then I said, hey, brother, what's happening? That's before WhatsApp I allowed them to delete. I said, what's happening? He apologized. So I said, ah, Lisa, you wanted to correct me about doctrine while you are running around with this Josephine? Hypocrisy. God was just saying, hey, let me expose this young man to the pastor. He's trying to, he's trying to say can hold the pastor accountable. Then right there God exposed it. Then I said, you are not in no position to even discuss doctrine. Let's discuss clean living first. What's up? Is dangerous. Amen. Another one posted a half-naked picture thinking that she's sending it to her boyfriend on the WhatsApp group of another church. God will expose you. Amen. Now, Joseph, fear not. Take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. He was minded to put her away privately, see, after he had already engaged to her. You know, Brother Beckett had put it very nicely yesterday in the spray and say, as soon as Joseph discovered that Mary might be pregnant by somebody, he never went from house to house and said, hey, that sister, He never posted on Facebook. He never tweeted about it. He never put it on Instagram. Privately, he retweeted and consulted with God. Here is something. If a young man and a young woman are about to get married, and a sister confesses to the brother, and the brother says, on the basis of what you tell me, the marriage will not continue. And if that boy after that confession and the marriage does not continue, he goes around telling people about that sister, that young man must never belong to any message church. Yes. He is not a man, he's not a believer at all. Yes. Because confession takes place on the basis of confidentiality. Yes. When I confess, I expose my vulnerability. And if you think I'm not worthy to be married, somebody will forgive me and marry me. Don't spoil my chances. Now, verse, uh, paragraph 87. Notice now, She has a sacred trust of virtue that's being given to her. Trusted to her by the Lord. Right there, there's something I think last week I was speaking about. You remember when I spoke about tradition versus what the prophet said? One of the traditions that we used to hold on and later we realized it was not a scripture. It was just a tradition. And a tradition, by its nature, when it is introduced, it is introduced to humiliate somebody. Now, when we grow up, when the marriage, when we come to the marriage, there will always be a discussion: Was she wearing a veil or not wearing a veil? Because then a veil symbolized virginity. Now they will say, if she and if she, if they know that she once confessed in church, then they come and say she must not put the veil. Now, that is a Pharisee's doctrine. Yes, amen. There's not even one quotation, I'm challenging you, not even one quotation where Brother Brenham links the veil to virginity. Right. He says the veil symbolizes that she does not have headship. Yes. She is coming under headship. Yes. This one is your own things in your own corner trying to expose one another. God is not involved in those things. Those are traditions. Yes. Amen. Amen. Come on. Amen. Go and find one quotation that can be linked to veil and virginity. I will come and correct this. But I've searched and I have searched. And I've asked those that are doing it to search and they have searched and searched. Okay, some they still want to hold to it because it's a tradition. Amen. If she's not a virgin. That's not a consumption for everyone. It's between her and her husband. We're not getting involved. I've just dismantled one tradition. Thank God for the prophet. Thank God for the prophet. If there is a message question, there must be a message answer. Don't say, I think I write on Google. No, ah, we're not interested. What does the messenger say about it? Amen. 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 Another tradition, I, I don't, personally I don't like her extension for my wife. Personally, that's my personal preference. But I can never go and misrepresent the quotation and say, hey, because of this, what? no. Brother Brown says, if, if I need a false tooth, I can put it on. Yeah. And he says, I've got a hairpiece. And they, my wife as well has got a hairpiece. And says, if you want to put it and make your hair grow longer, it's fine by you. I'm not going to say because I don't like it and say try to bring a doctrine around it. Amen. Amen. Traditions. Commandments of men have made the way to be of none effect. Not, notice, she has a sacred trust of virtue that's been given her, trusted to her by the law. God gave her that virtue, just as it was in the Garden of Eden. She can say yes or no. She has a sacred trust of womanhood committed to her. She must not break. The womanhood I'm speaking of here is her conduct, her character around me. So the best gift that a young girl can give to her future husband is a preserved life. The best gift that a young man can give to his future wife is a preserved life. What applies the same expectations that we have of a sister, we have them of a brother. Now, let me come to somewhere here. I hope I've addressed the issue of the schools, two schools of thought. Let me come to this one that, what if she leaves the message? Do I do, do I stick with her? Or do I marry? There must be a scriptural answer. And there must be a messagical answer. Bring First Corinthians seven verse ten. Let's read it together. And unto the marriage I command. Yet not I, but the Lord. Let not, let not the wife depart from her husband, but, but and if she depart, if she let, her let her remain unmarried. I'll come to that. Now, this does not speak about divorce. It speaks about separation. If a husband beats a sister every night, it is our responsibility as a church, or me, my responsibility as a pastor, to remove that woman from that danger. Yes, Amen. Are you still with me? Amen. If any, if marriage poses physical risk or danger, we have to remove you from danger. But after the removal from danger, it doesn't mean that you're qualified to get married. You wait until the Lord is working on it. Amen. If the man runs around with women, and you think ultimately this man is going to make me sick, yes, there could be a separation. Yes, sir. While the Lord is working on the matter, are you still with? I'm reading a scripture here. Some men, they think that sisters have got no way out. I can beat her Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. No, we are lying. Yes, we can intervene and intervene decisively.
1: Amen.
0: But if she depart, yes, but if she departs, let her remain unmarried. Or be reconciled to her husband, or be to her husband. And, let husband his and let not the husband put away his wife. So that means they are living apart. Well, God is working on the situation. Amen. Are you still with me? Amen. And well, God, if the husband is best and is out there in the world, well, he's doing all going up and down. and the wife says, "Look, this is too dangerous. Maybe I'd rather go back to my house. Maybe I'd rather have my own place. While she's there, she must live clean. And if that fella out there later reconsiders and says, maybe I had much better go home, they forgive me. The sister has a right to say I forgive or I don't forgive. Folks, forgiveness is not enforced by the pastor. If you run around for many years and you come back, I'm not going to say, what will the people say? No, it must be the forgiveness that comes from her heart. Because I'm not the one that is going to live with this fellow. It is her that is going to live with the fellow. Forgiveness cannot be imposed. Verse 12. But to the rest speak I, not the Lord, if any brother hath a wife, that believeth not. But to the rest speak I, not the Lord, if any brother has a wife, that believeth not. Brother, this is tricky. When a prophet says, Brother, it is not the Lord speaking, but it's me speaking. Me, I will still take it that it is still the Lord speaking. If any, if if any, and she be pleased to dwell with him, him. let him not put her away. Let him
1: not put her away.
0: This I'm gonna wait. When we baptize a brother, and he comes into the faith and his wife still lingers long outside the faith. When we meet, we must never make the brother feel ashamed of his wife because she's not a believer. Ah, this one I'm going to repeat it. If you meet a brother and his wife and the brother's sister is not dressed appropriately, leave, keep your message code to yourself. Put, put your own spiritual gi- gimmicks to yourself. That's not your space. That's the pastor's space. Actually, let me put it. If you have no right to officiate a marriage, you must never give a marital advice. I, I've said it. I'm not going to retreat. The marriage space is the pastor and the pastor alone. You have heard me, Amen. because we have so many people wanting to be marriage counselors. The pastor gives this advice. Another one by the behind the curtain gives this advice. No, no. Somewhere, I was speaking to the pastor. The pastor was very worked up. A deacon had given a couple and say because of problems that you experience, it's better that you separate. What? In what capacity? No. It cannot be done. Now, there were two cases I will share with you that are observed. Well, let me not get into the specifics. If a brother comes into the faith and is married to the wife that is not in the faith, and we meet them maybe at the mall, the sister is not dressed appropriately, we must still greet the sister with respect and say, God bless you. It's good to see you it would be good that one day you visit us. Amen. If you dare and try to pull a aside and say, why are you dressed like this? She is not a believer. Amen. You can't have expectations of a believer to somebody that does not believe. Amen. You are actually going to create bitterness in that marriage. Amen. We are a young men here that went to a brother's house whose wife is not a believer, they were saying they were going to... Adv- unmarried young me. Went there they say they were going to advise them about marriage. I really got very upset when I heard about that. What do you know about marriage? I don't care whether you have read about the marriage and divorce. If you're not married, don't ever talk about marriage. You know nothing. It took, it took us many years to regain that woman's respect. Because you say, what kind of a church is this? These boys, they have never been made Mary, but here they are talking about Mary. Zeal without experience is disaster. Now. Let me, brother, let's come, I'm going to come back to the scripture. Or maybe let's finish the scripture. Verse 18. And the woman an hath an husband that believeth not. And if he be pleased to dwell with her, he dwell with her let her not leave him. Sister, if we baptize you, you are married to your husband, and your husband is not a believer, maybe he's even drinking. You don't go back home, and when the husband comes, you say, You devil, you are not gonna win in that way. Yes. Love conquers everything. Yes. You remember that sister who was husband. I know sisters today, because of feminism, they won't believe, some They don't even believe in these quotations anymore. When the sister, when the husband used to come back and mistreat the sister, and he would cook and he would kick things, and later the wife never argued. He just said, I'm dealing with a demon here. I'll pray for him. I'll not even do anything unto us. Until the men went back into the Shebin and told men in the tavern and say, Guys, there is still real women. And those men said, No way. He says, Mine is such a woman. Amen. He says, You don't know if you go home to my wife. And right there, if she gives us food and we kick them, she is not going to complain, she's not going to shout. They say, Let's prove it. Right. Ah, they came that night. And she prepared a meal for them and put it there. They kicked he kicked things aside, kicked them. And the woman came there and was just singing and humming. Must Jesus bear the cross alone. No, there is a cross for everyone. Right there, men that were drunkards were reduced to tears and say, We want to be led to your God. Amen. She did not preach a sermon, she lived a sermon. She did not quote a quotation. She lived a quotation. Now, let's come to demonology. Paragraph 100. He says A man came to me not long ago from India, where I'm just fixing to go. A fine little preacher. This is a preacher. He said, Brother Brenham, I came over here and said, A woman had the Holy Ghost. And said she was just the sweetest, nicest woman. He said, if she had been married, and she had been married four times. This preacher goes on to marry a woman that has been married four times. And said, she was the sweetest, nicest woman. He said, if she, if she had been married four times and was living with her fourth husband... I said how could that be the lord this quotation he normally he speaks about this in two quotations when he gives the background he says this man came to brother Brennan because brother I, I think he designed him and asked him to meet him in the hotel lobby when he got there he says you are a minister and this woman that you have married to she's got quite a reputation this is their fourth marriage and the man said ah oh, brother Brennan God gave me a dream, and in the dream, I was to marry this woman. Take it up. I said, "Well, how could that be Lord, Lord?" And said, I went to him and said, "Oh glory to God, this is the brother." I said, "Hallelujah, praise the Lord, just one of that type, you know. One of those type. You know, he wants to spiritualize the decision. And said, Hallelujah, praise the Lord. The Lord told me, Here I'm going to give you a dream. I said and said, I dreamed that my wife, I seen her living in adultery. The Lord gave him a dream. Seen his wife living in adultery. And came back to back to me and said, oh, will you forgive me, Victor? Will you forgive me? Why, well, I said, sure, I'll forgive you and take you back. He said, "Now that's what I did. See, I forgave. So this woman has been married four times. The man has got a dream. In a dream, the woman is coming to her. He forgives the woman. He interprets the dream to mean that he must be married to that woman that has been married four times. Listen to the prophet messenger, 101, take it higher. I said, Victor, your dream was was mighty lovely, but the devil gave it to you. Don't tell us about the dream. Don't tell us about the vision. If it does not tire with the weight, the devil gave it to you. Oh, to the unmarried Under no circumstances Must a believer Are you still here? Yes. Under no Must a believer Another young man I was quoting that to him He said, oh, hang on pastor Well, because now in church There are kinds of three kinds of believers I say, still It applies to them And how will you know them? You can't know them by the naked eye. The Holy Ghost will guide a believer to a believer. Ah, God has got an uncanny way of doing things. A crook always marries a crook. I've seen crooks getting married to each other. But God, when he loves his son, when God loves his daughter, he never leaves them making a bad decision. This is a, a preacher t- telling a preacher, the devil gave you a dream. He said, why? I said, it doesn't, it don't compare with God's weight. That means it doesn't tally with God's weight. She's living in adultery. Absolutely. She can't live with four men, right? She leaves that and goes back to her first. She's worse off than she was at the beginning. She has to live single the rest of her life. If he lives... These brothers, do you still believe this truth? I said, you know, that don't compare with God's weight. Your dream was false. I said, it doesn't compare with this, meaning the Bible. That is why when you come into my office, working towards closing, when you come into my office and you have a testimony, and it's quite an action-packed testimony, after you have narrated it to me, I need to check, does it really gel with the message and the spoken way? If it does not gel, I reject it. Come on, believers, are you together? Yes. If a testimony, a testimony must be edifying, isn't so? Yes. A dream must be edifying, isn't so? Yes. If you have a dream, we write it down. If it does not come to pass, we tell you, Brother Brother say we must actually lay hands on you. Yes. If you give a false prophecy and it does not come to pass, we, we must call the elders of the church and lay hands upon you because you have been overrun by a wrong spirit. But I know how such things they come. The pastor becomes a staring in the testimony. Then the pastor doesn't see the rest of the testimony. Brother, this is the last quotation, then I'm going to release you. Why are people toast about? We're still on a man that is married to a partner that is not believing. She's not a demon. He's not a demon. He's still a a person that must be treated with dignity. A young fellow came to me not long ago. He was a Pentecostal. He had seen too many of these meetings. He goes in. His wife was a staunch Lutheran. Now, this is a Pentecostal and Lutheran. They are married. You can imagine the disaster. Lutherans, they drink, they smoke, they party. Pentecostal, during that time, not of today, of the Wushiri, then they used to have a certain degree of holiness. Now, here is a holy brother. And here is a Lutheran woman. They are married. She said, The wife now says to the husband, Sir, I guess you went down and shouted last night said, I guess you were all speaking in tongues and doing all this last night. He got down on the floor. This is the brother coming from the service. And the sister said, I know you have been there where they spoke in tongues. Then the brother got onto the floor. He's kneeling down, folks. I cast the devil out of her. I cast the devil out of her. This is the brother saying that. Almost a divorce case. A casting of demon almost caused a divorce. Take it higher. The man, a fine man, he came to me and said, Brother Brenham, we are going to have a divorce. I guess. I said, I just can't get that devil to move out of here. Take it higher. Higher. I said, Brother, You are going at it the wrong way. I said, when she starts like that, say, all right, dear. Bless your heart, honey. And be real kind to her. And just see how much you can do for her. Buy those chocolates. Buy those flowers. Yes, she's still not a believer, but do it. Take it out. But they look at the brother. Uh, brother Brenham. well, how will I get, ever get the devil out? I said, you do as I say. Just keep praying in your heart, see? I said, God will take care of the rest of it. He called me about two or three weeks later. He said, my home Is revolutionized. He said, My wife is a different person. I said, Which is the most powerful? Screaming and kicking and stomping and putting your arms or putting your arms around her in love. God is love. Are you here, people? Did you not it work for this young man? It will work for you as well you pray for her, you love her, you continue to be a husband or you continue to be a wife, at the right time, God will do a miracle. Are you still with me? God can still fix marriages. I had a couple that came to see me. They are not worshipping. And I was just trying to help them. They were referred to Sister, uh, by Sister Dibadi. We met them here in church. We spoke. We spoke. What God has done after we spoke, whatever we spoke about. Then I said to the man, they'd been married for 17 years. I said, have you ever had a prayer in your house? Then they said, never. Then I said, "Ah, tonight is going to be different. When you leave here, the man was going back to work. It was late in the afternoon. Then I said, when you leave here, before you go to work, when you go and drop your wife, call the children and say, we were with the pastor, we spoke, our things are now fixed, but I'm going to pray for the family. And you as a man, pray for the family. And tell me after, what were the results of that prayer that you prayed in your house? I called them the next day. Then they said, the way the atmosphere changed in the house, the men even called them at work and say I'm no longer coming to work. I need to spend time with the family. This God can do it. I'm glad you are clapping your hands. But there is a danger because message people are in marriages where prayer is a foreign thing. When was the last time, I'll ask again, sister, where you had your husband calling the children and you, and standing there, and you had your husband praying for you as a family. If it does not happen, either Satan is already in the house, or is on the way to your house. Real men are on their knees, praying for their families. If we're going to overcome and avoid divorces, we have to reconnect back to the prayer line, family prayer life, where we pray for one another. On that note, God bless you richly. As we stand to our feet. I think after we have preached like this, I will avoid a lot of things. Isn't so? If you, as a young person, we have preached this and you go and still get caught up in a mess, it will be very difficult for you. Last week after the communion, we sang a song. After we sang a song, the brothers had a chance, Brother Masuma, to sing. The sisters had a chance to sing. Then I said, But you know, when you go to certain churches, it's only sisters that are singing. Then I said, I wonder here is it the brothers or the sisters singing? Then the brothers listen to the song, they say, the worshiping team is not balanced, there's only two brothers there. The reason sisters were more audible is because they had more mics. Then the sister said, The reason brothers felt like there were many is because they were singing so much out of tune. <laughs> then, because their voices were blending, it almost sounded like it was one person singing. Others said, look, I'm with my husband. He has promised we've got plans. I cannot commend because I don't know because I'm living with the opposition. (laughs) Amen. But isn't it beautiful to come in the presence of God? Sisters, you may agree, you have sung very well, but it's good to have men that can come into the presence of God. And hear men that can worship, drunk with the spirit of God, Amen. isn't many men have gone wild? But to see these men coming and singing at the top of their voices, how ah, we are blessed! Amen. Amen. Obviously, singing sisters sang better. My son, Teboh said, "The brothers lost because you, Pastor, didn't sing." <laughs> I almost said to a deacons, "Come and fetch this boy." <laughs> Amen. Amen. Let's sing. God bless you richly. Let's just sing any worshiping song as we wrap up in prayer. Amen. I
2: have, amen.
0: in prayer for us. Amen. Reach out and touch the Lord.
3: you that we came this morning lord to hear from you and indeed you've spoken your words unto our heart God almighty what a subject that you took father lord this morning marriage and divorce oh god Mm. you know what your children are going through the married ones and the ones that are not married yes dear so i believe oh father lord that there's a reason why you are to speak to us in this fashion today Oh God, whatever attack going on, oh Lord, in marriages or attacks that are still to come, oh Father, I just believe, oh Father, Lord, that by the preaching of today, mm. oh God Almighty, going to give us, oh Father, Lord, even more clarity and position, oh Father, Lord, to know what to do, oh God, because many a times we take wrong decisions. We do things, oh Lord, out of emotions but oh father you have spoken your word and your word is the absolute thank you jesus for such a sermon we pray that you keep on blessing us oh father lord god almighty when you speak and inspire your son to come and speak to us oh god it's because you know our heart oh father lord it wasn't done for granted wasn't done oh lord jesus for nothing god almighty we pray that you bless Oh God, your servant that you use for us this morning. Bless him, oh Lord, because virtue has gone out of him, oh God. You alone can restore, oh Father. Bless him and keep him strong for us, oh God. Bless his family, Lord, his wife and children. Let it be so. Provide for them, oh Lord. Oh Father, I pray that you come now and bless each and every one of us that made it possible to come to church. Mm. God Almighty, we are about to leave now, going to our respective homes. May you come and grant us a traveling mercy god come father lord and grant our heart desire your children come to the house of the lord with burdens of father with thanksgiving with different needs in their hearts and i believe this morning that we're all gonna leave this place changed yes we're gonna leave this place O oh lord with answers father lord because this is the only right place where we bring everything with god and you sought everyone out we praise your name, Lord, and we're so proud to worship a God like you, Father, the God of Malachi 4, God of Brother Branham, oh Father, Lord. Brother Branham is gone, but the message is here. Oh Lord, the yes. very same pillar of fire, Lord, it didn't change, it's still here with us, oh Father. Still in the mission, oh Father, Lord. We only, Father, wait for the rapture to go home. But before that, oh God, the miracles, oh God, everything you might have done with Brother Branham oh lord you can still do them today if they were healing then oh father lord you can still heal your children yes. today because you change not you the same yesterday today and forever jehovah rafa we bless your name oh father lord you are jehovah jireh lord the provider some of us are in need of jobs oh father lord yes. some of us oh lord we've got different needs oh god yes. almighty you know the desires of our hearts you are jehovah jireh the provider father lord we believe that you are going to address every need. May you provide for them that need jobs, provide for them that need healing, O oh Lord Jesus. Solution into their problems. Come and address everyone, O oh Father. You Jehovah Shama, O oh God, because you never leave us or forsake us. You always present, O oh Lord Jesus. Jehovah Shalom, O oh Father Lord. When the trouble comes from different ways, O oh God, we get peace from you, Lord. Thank you, Father Lord, for being a wonderful God a God that we worship and we sing and say we'll never worship a foreign God because we've got testimonies, oh God. We, you you busy, Father, Lord, amongst us, oh Lord Jesus. That's why we bring thanksgiving every Sunday. That's why we come to you and appreciate what you're busy doing in our homes, in our lives, in our marriages, oh God. We bless your name, oh Father. May you grant us a traveling mercy. May you be with us until we meet again. For I ask all this, oh Lord, committing the rest of the day into your hand. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.
0: Amen. 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 God bless you. Neighbors are kind, I love them, but where would I go but to the Lord? Hello. That's what Lord. Hallelujah! Where could we go but to the Lord? Amen. God is good all the time. Give us another one. You are dismissed. Have a blessed week.
2: God so
0: bless
2: Aê, opa! Wakanaka, wakanaka, wakanaka. kanaka aia wa kanaka wa kanaka wa kanaka entre tuakanaka ay wa kanaka